0: Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And that aspiration was to one day be an NBA basketball player. And uh, it, was, it was my dream. It's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play in the NBA and uh, this is me and my brother back in the day. And we were serious about basketball. My dad was serious about basketball. And so, man, I like, I'm, one of these days, I'm going to make it in the league. I think that aggressive aspiration probably lasted about two days, maybe. Then I realized it's probably not going to happen. But what I could do is I can buy a ticket and I can go watch an NBA game, I can sit in the stands. And I can be a fan. Today, there are approximately around 450 active NBA players in the U.S. From around the world, but about 450. So it's a, it's a small slice, small sample size, if you will. But all of us can buy a ticket, and we can go watch an NBA game. And maybe you had aspirations growing up. Maybe it was sports, maybe it was music, maybe it was art. Maybe it was an education. Maybe it was a a vocation that you enjoyed, and you had aspirations of maybe arriving at the top. And and maybe you did. And if you did, congratulations, but I'm speaking to the rest of us, right? I didn't arrive at the top. But what I want to say out of that is that I think that's what we think about when we think about kingdom work, is that I, I, I think about that, Those of us who are followers of Christ and we're in this kingdom, I think that's how we can view our faith if we're not careful. In other words, maybe at some juncture of our life, somehow, some way, a thought, a message, a conversation, maybe someone mentioned something to us, and and we want to be engaged in kingdom work at some level, but we perceive ourselves with an inability to do so, and let's leave it up to the professionals. Therefore, we will enter into spaces, environments, churches, and we will show up as fans, but we'll let the professionals do the work. You know, that's not a biblical narrative at all. In fact, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, 1 through 4, the scripture gives us some incredible insight into this idea that, that those of us who are resigned ourselves that kingdom work is up to the professionals we've missed what the Scripture teaches. Acts chapter 8, now what's going on here is that we're coming off of the horrible incident where Stephen is stoned, right? In chapter 7, he, he's, he's martyred for the faith. That moves us into chapter 8. Here we have the Apostle Paul. He's coming on the scene with prominence. Beginning in chapter 8, verse 1, we'll read through verse 4. The Scripture says, And Saul, who became Paul approved of his execution and there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea Samaria except the apostles now that's an important note in the passage persecution happens the people are scattered except the apostles don't lose sight of that that note please So the apostles are staying in Jerusalem. Verse 2, devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him, but Saul ravaged the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Let's go down to verse 4. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. There it is. Those who were scattered. Who was scattered? It wasn't the apostles. It was the people. They were scattered because of this persecution that was led by Saul at the time, those who had been scattered. We would call this idea the diaspora. The diaspora, it's a Greek word, and it means carries with this idea of to sow throughout. That is, figuratively speaking, to distribute in foreign lands to scatter abroad. This idea of scattering, sowing used figuratively of the early believers who under the persecutive arm of Saul and his people are moving out. They're on the move. Do you realize that as the body of Christ that we have around 165 hours per week to be scattered? I want you to think about that. There's about 168 hours in a week. Is that correct? Check my math. Well, somebody please check my math, right? uh, Yeah, we have 168 hours every week. You're going to spend a few hours, likely, generally, in some type of setting like this, maybe a small group. So you have about 165, 64, 63 hours a week that you are actually scattered outside of the walls of a religious, spiritual gathering. And think about the places you go. Think about the people you interact with. Think about all of the places that the Father, I believe, by His divine intention, sends us to be representatives of this kingdom that has already come. Think of the places that you go. You're like, well, I I go here, I go there. Yes, and you're not just going there. What if you saw yourself on assignment from the King? This is what we see in the Scripture. They are are scattered. Not the apostles. The people. Those people. We don't know names. We don't know anything about them other than persecution comes, and they are scattered. What did they do when they were scattered? Well, Acts tells us. They preached the good news. Say that with me. They preached the good news. And there's the pause, right? You're like, Pastor, I've never had a preaching class. Nobody's taught me how to preach. The word simply means to proclaim. The word means to share. The word doesn't mean what actually I'm doing right now. It encompasses that, but it means more than that. It means the the ability, the capacity to to proclaim the good news wherever they went. Man, those folks were sharing the message. C.H. Spurgeon said this. It is not said that ministers preach the word. Scarcely anything has been more injurious to the kingdom of Christ than the distinction between clergy and laity. No such distinction appears in the Bible. Ye are God's kleros, his inheritance, if you will. All God's saints are God's inheritance. You're a royal priesthood. So God gives to His church, apostles, teachers, pastors, etc. You are not by the way of setting up a professional cast who are to do all the work while others sit still. Every converted man or woman, we could say, is to teach what he knows. It's a powerful idea. And that's a part of the problem. That's the rub. That's the, the tension. I don't know enough. Spurgeon argues, share what you know. Don't focus on what you don't know. Share what you know. So as the people are scattered, because of the persecution that happens in the early church, and me and uh, a friend, Don, who's here this evening, we were just briefly got into this idea of what persecution is doing in the church, even today in in our time. Persecution, trying to stamp out the work of the kingdom, actually fuels the fire of the movement. It's got to be frustrating to try to stamp out what God's doing, and the fuel is actually on the fire. Last week I said a gentleman named Tom Mercer, He speaking about the oil cost principle, that's people within our influential world, says this, that 95% of Christian conversions are generated through a personal relationship that is shared between a believer and someone who is close to them. The primary way that the gospel reaches people in your world is you and me. It's the primary way. It was a strategy of the early church. The early church did not build buildings. They did not do it this way. They primarily were house to house, which we looked at last week, oikos, influencing those within their network, those relationships. Ninety-five percent of the people who come to faith in Christ do so facilitated through a personal relationship. People reach people generally people impact people. So let's do this. Let's covet this. Don't let the gospel stop with you or me. The gospel was on its way to somebody else when it came and it impacted me. Don't let that message stop with you or with me. thought we would take the opportunity this weekend. We're going to interview, ask a, a friend of ours, Butch Newland. Butch, would you make your way up here? This is Butch. Butch spoke a few weeks ago here at Discovery Point, shared some of the scriptures but also his personal journey and where he's been a lot of the some of the health things that he's been in and did a fantastic job but the lord's done other things in his life and so butch i just want to share a little few things to hear from you and so first of all tell me a little bit about what your life was like before you came to christ
1: <laughs> okay you guys hear me all right hey um Boy, when you first gave me this question, a whole bunch of things came in my mind. But when I really started to hone in on, like, what was it really like before I came to Christ? The first thing that jumped out at me was Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes when he said, vanity of vanity, all is vanity. And that next section of Scripture is about, like, man toiling to gain all these things in this life, and it's meaningless. And the second Scripture that came to mind was Jesus' words about what does it profit a man that he gains everything but yet loses his soul yeah and I lived a life before Jesus that was very blessed I mean I I have to admit on the surface you would have said why this guy's got things going for him I mean I did well in school I had sport accolades I mean I even had division one scholarship offers for track and for football and I graduated from college got a great job and a great career making good money I had a brand-new truck, and I played golf a couple times a week, and I had good mm. friends and family that loved me. All these things on the surface that you would have said, that guy's got it going. Yeah. This is the American dream. Yeah. But on the inside, I was absolutely miserable. Yeah. Mm. Every single thing I tried to chase after, it seemed like it was happening, except for my NFL dream brother, so I'm right there <laughs> yeah. with you. when I was laughing yeah. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but every time I met or exceeded a goal I'd met, I thought there was going to be this thing that my high school football coach always said, "Stop and smell the roses." Yeah. Enjoy the process. I could never do that. Yeah. I always had this, there has to be something else. Something was always missing. You know, none of my friends or family, nobody knew. Only God and me knew yeah. that something was seriously wrong mm-hmm. with me.
0: Yeah Yeah. Tell us a little bit about. When and how you surrendered your life to Christ?
1: Yeah, so October 1994, when I surrendered to Christ, and ironically, just a couple weeks before this, before I met my wife, now been married for 27 years, but right before I met her, I was out in a night of complete partying, debauchery. I was curled up in a ball, just sitting in my bed. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world is wrong with me? Like, what is wrong? Like, I, you've blessed me with all these things that I said I wanted, and you gave all these things to me, and I am absolutely miserable. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. Help me. Yeah. And then two weeks later, I met my wife, and my wife invited me to church. Yeah. I showed up to church, and... I didn't need convincing. Through most of the message, I just heard blah, 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 because I literally was thinking, at the end, somebody's going to tell me what I need to do, because I was ready to just dive in. Um, And that's what happened. At the end, he started to talk and say, bow your head and pray. And I was looking around the room. I would have bet money that somebody in the room had told him things about my life. I'm sure you guys can relate. I've heard people say that, that when somebody shares their testimony yeah. and, and start to tell about, here's where your life may be, I'm like, how does that guy know that? Yeah. And I prayed to receive Christ right then and there. Yeah.
0: How, how old were you then? Uh,
1: 1984, I was 26. 26, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, tell us, uh, who were some people, some Christian influencers that led you? <laughs> toward faith in
1: Christ? Yeah, so uh, this is another fun exercise. I encourage you all to do this sometime, to think through and look back at things. Um, You miss some really special people in your lives that I didn't know until later. I had a high school English teacher my freshman year in high school who I found out years later. She came to a Bible study that I was teaching just months before she passed away. Her and her husband came to the study to, and it was a really weird experience, like, oh my gosh, my high school teacher, English teacher is here while I'm leading a Bible study. And she shared how she had prayed for me and other school teachers had been praying for me. Um, I, I had no idea. I thought that she bought the whole Eddie Haskell thing I was trying to pull. Um, Mindy's stepmom, uh, Mindy's my wife, my stepmother, started praying for me and my brother-in-law um, when she married Mindy's dad. For 12 years, every single day, she prayed for the men that would marry her stepdaughters, okay. wow. that they would come to Christ, that they would love him and follow him all the days of their lives. I didn't meet her for 10 years after she started praying every day for us. Wow. 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 Had a high school football coach, I mean a college football coach, Fisher to Barry, very strong Christ follower. I thought he was sending in all these really cool motivational speakers to talk to us every week before a big football game, and I, I never heard that they, each one of them was sharing the gospel with us every week. Wow. Um, and the last one is my wife. Yeah. Um, Listening to me tell weird stories when I told her when we first started dating that I was a Christian and mm-hmm. she asked me questions and all of my beliefs didn't match up with <laughs> scripture <laughs> at all. She invited me to church and she's the one that encouraged me to go talk to the pastor after I committed to him that first day. She encouraged me to be baptized and you know she's been my biggest and strongest advocate for 27 years now in marriage.
0: Well, if you think about the process and, and if you go back to even the passage of, a, of those people were scattered, and if you think about how it plays out in real life of the people that you've mentioned that as you, you do a little spiritual checklist, well, who, who, who was in my life and what did they do? And I didn't realize it at the time, and it, it's pretty phenomenal how God puts people in our lives to intersect us, to come to know Him. And, and we can think about that, right? We can think about those people, and Butch mentioned uh, stepmother-in-law, coach, teacher. Th- th- those are those people in Acts 8, right? Those are not the apostles, those people, right? I'm wondering, are we those people in someone else's life? Like, are people, if they were to do this exercise, people in my world, are they thinking about well, it was that one guy or it was that one gal or so if you flip the coin now you're not thinking about people who God put into your life but who's thinking about us as those Christian influencers prayers witnesses if you will to share this incredible message of the good news of the gospel. Well, thank you Butch for sharing that man. We appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, give it up. Yeah, and if you, if you think about this idea of, of kingdom ambassador, right, back to that silly basketball illustration, and you probably thought of something in your life that you aspire to be, and you're like, man, I didn't get there. But when you think about kingdom ambassadorship, is there a higher honor than serving the king? Absolutely not. Nothing that we would aspire to in the natural Nothing that we could reach, no no accolade, no elevation, no top rung of any ladder in this life would compare to the honor of serving our king. And he invites us into that, right? He doesn't bench us. He doesn't say, you got to buy a ticket and watch this thing, man. He invites us into the process, exactly what Butch was saying. And our feet, they are rooted in this temporal world, are they not? They're rooted in this world. In fact, what's important is when Clifford shared the verse, he shared that out of Acts chapter 17, and it's in Acts 17, 26 that the Scripture says that he, speaking of God, has determined the time and the place of our dwelling. He has ordained our dwelling, our place, our time. Folks, with great intentionality, amen? With great promise, with great struggle sometimes but all around the idea that the Father gets the glory out of all of that. But while our feet are established on earth, our aspirations and our purposes are eternal. They're kingdom-driven. They're kingdom-focused. So I want to end tonight with just a couple things, uh, and then with a challenge. First of all, I want to remind you, if this is your church home, a couple things that are important to remember. If this is not your church home, You're going to get our DPC 101 class in about two minutes. Number one, our values. What's important to us? What's important? What matters to us? You see, our values is that we want to live for God's glory. We believe that's why we were created in the first place, Isaiah 43.7. So we want to live for the glory of God, and we want to love others well. And we want to lead to expand the kingdom. So if you're wondering, what are we about, what are we trying to do, what's our our biblical purpose, it's to live for His glory, to love others for their good. Love is to see others flourish and then to lead, to expand this kingdom. What an honorable opportunity the Lord has given us. And then our vision. Our vision is to serve as an army of passionate kingdom ambassadors, mobilized to pray, care, and share the love of Jesus enabling those within our relational circles to be transformed by the power of Christ and conformed to His image for the glory of God. This is, this is our vision. This is what we see the body of Christ being, an army of passionate kingdom ambassadors. Isn't that exciting? Like a, an army of passionate kingdom ambassadors praying, caring, and sharing. So let's talk about that. What's that kingdom strategy look like in our lives? What's it look like come Monday morning? Right? What's it look like tomorrow? What does that look like? What does it mean? It means this that as kingdom ambassadors, kingdom citizens, our kingdom strategy, pray, care, and share. Pray, care, and share. You heard Butch mention it, his stepmother in law, right? Praying for 10 to 12 years before, 10 years before she even met him. By the way, if you have children, grandchildren, you should be praying for their future spouses. It's a great thing to do. So prayer. My friend Kevin Phillips always says, hey, talk to God about people before you talk to people about God. Pray. Pray. Prayer is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And yes, officially it was taken out of our schools, but if we're not praying in our schools, that's not on the government. That's on us. You can pray anywhere, anytime. And prayer is a powerful tool. And I want you to think about the things and the people that you could be praying for this week. You could, you could pray for your boss. You're like, yeah, I don't think so. Give it a shot. You could pray for your spouse. You could pray for your children. You could pray for your grandchildren. You can pray for your colleagues. You can pray for your neighbor. You can pray for your teachers. You can pray for people. How powerful is prayer? And our kingdom strategy begins with praying for others. Not only that, pray in the places that you go. Think about your office. Think about where you're going this week. And pray, or arrive five minutes early and pray over that. Say, Lord, just let your glory fall in this place today. I know it's a little bit of a mess in there, but let it fall. Wherever you show up, in a classroom at lunch, at the office, in the car. We can always pray. Second thing is to care, to care. What do we care about? We care about people. We care about people. And if we care, we want to be involved. We want to be be involved in in, in the people in our lives. We, We want to be Caring. We want to be people that whatever we put our hands to, we care about it. By the way, this, this bleeds over into our vocational work, by the way. If people see you working, do they see someone who is putting in a strong effort, being there on time, doing the best that they can? That's what believers should be doing. Christians should be the best employees and the best employers on the planet. I like kind of this idea, years ago I heard it, that said, the Christian shoemaker doesn't show his testimony by putting a cross on the shoe, but by making the best quality shoe. That's how we should go about our vocation, caring about the things we do. We're doing it under the Lord, amen? Last of all, share. That's what we see our brothers and sisters It's the DNA of who we are. Now those who were scattered, they went about preaching the word, untrained to some degree. I think they had been trained. I think we see that in Acts chapter 2. There was some training, and that simple training, that simple training, I am sure as they moved about, they were sharing their life, their time, their understanding, their wisdom, but ultimately they were sharing the good news of the resurrection of Jesus, and it is good news. Well, I have a challenge for you. You ready? I'm going to challenge you. We have these just a few of these cards and a seat close to you. It's just a little church business cards, all it is. I'm going to challenge you to pray over this, this week, and take the courageous step as God leads you to invite someone to attend next weekend here at Discovery Point. I'm going to have a message on God's amazing grace. Just pray about it. Say, man, I, I have somebody. I'm going to pray for somebody. Lord, if you if you give me a name, I'm going to use the card. I'll, I'll shoot them a text. I might make a phone call. I might even personally say, we'd love to have you attend next weekend at Discovery Point. So that's my challenge, right? That's my challenge. Pray, care, share. Those believers, as they went about preaching the message. Folks, you know that's how the gospel spread? you know that's how the Roman Empire was turned upside down? Not the professionals, right? It was the people who loved this resurrected Jesus sharing this message. Next weekend, I'm going to close up, but next weekend is baptism weekend. And if you've never gone public with your faith, you're a follower of Jesus, or you're not even a follower of Christ, you want to know more about it. I want to talk to you. I'd love to talk to you tonight. As Butch said, he showed up at a service like this, right, kind of like this, and a guy gave a message, and he responded, right? sounds a lot like Pastor Ron's story to some degree, right? Right? The girlfriend or the wife-to-be drags them to church, right? And they, they meet Christ, and God gets a hold of their life. But if you've never met Jesus, what a great night to do it. If you have and you've ever gone public with your faith, next weekend we're baptizing. So just catch me after the service. That's the best way to do it. Shoot me an email and we'll get you set up for baptism next weekend. We'd love to have you be a part of baptism. As we close, I want to pray for you. And I just pray tonight as we engaged the DNA of those believers who's gone before us. I want you to think about that persecution that came upon those early believers. I want you to think about that. Saul, house to house, arresting, throwing believers in prison. As a result, those early believers began to scatter, that scattered seed embodying the message of Jesus. And as they went about, they proclaimed the good news of the gospel. May that be said of us. In the difficulty, in the hard times, they didn't complain, they didn't recoil, but with a deep faith, a deep trust in the living God, they proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. I pray over you tonight that the God will give you courage, He will give you strength and faith and discernment, He will bind the fear in our lives and he will release power through prayer, through caring for others and how we go about our lives, and ultimately sharing the word of Jesus with those in our network and influence. Father, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following
1: Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.